Ogumbawale for the win. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Megdahl. Reminding you, you can follow us on Twitter at LockdownWBV. Make sure you are following us every day. We have an all-star team of hosts now, whether it's Dave Ibrahim or Amy Aldebert or uh, Lindsey Gibbs, Erica Ayala, my friends and my colleagues doing great work every single day. I'm Howard Megdahl here with our Friday conversation, though technically we are recording this Thursday. And our conversation today is with somebody who I find intriguing and have for a long time, Latricia Trammell, who is the assistant coach with the Los Angeles Sparks, but has done so much in this game already. And, And first of all, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Howard. I appreciate you. And thanks for having me. And I just want to say really quickly, I, I just appreciate the hard work that you do in covering sports, but especially women's basketball, and uh, we just appreciate you. I, I, I thank you. I, to me, it's just such yeah. a pleasure. I, I, I do. I, my, my goal is to get to a point where we grow the coverage so much that it's indistinguishable men's from women's, and there's true parity here. And so anything I can do to help bring that uh, about, I'm excited to do it. So... Well, thank you. Well, uh, well, let's start, if we could, with where you first fell in love with the game. You, you were, as I understand it, born and grew up in Claremore, Oklahoma. And what was your first interaction with basketball? Well, I will tell you, I, I think it's been in my blood since, <laughs> since I was born. I uh, have three older brothers, uh, Donnie, Ronnie, and Robbie, and my, my incredible parents, um, were sports junkies as well Mm -hmm. and two of my three brothers played college basketball and when I was growing up I I just was I guess you could say a tomboy I was always with them at the park playing basketball I was watching them um, through that through my younger years my brother was the boys basketball coach at the high school that I attended Mm -hmm. in Seminole and I, I I just remember seeing what great opportunities he had with relationships with his players and how rewarding it was. And I just wanted to be a part of that. And so I'm going to say that probably my middle brother, Donnie, was a big influence uh, during during that time. So how old and are so you at I, that I, time I, it, when, when you're watching I, him? Oh, my goodness. I remember sitting in the car seat with my <laughs> with my mother. <laughs> my mother driving to his college games and so I'm going to probably say five mm-hmm, five mm-hmm. or six and where's he playing ball at that time where did he yeah, play college USAO ball okay in, in Chickasha Oklahoma sure. it was a, a at the time a, a junior college and um so yeah he he we I don't think we ever missed a game my mother was driving I remember driving in the snow and and trying to get there to support uh, support him and his team. So it, yeah, I just grew up with it. Yeah, and, and so you're seeing your brother coaching, and that's your career idea at that point. I, I just, I'm, I'm wondering. And, and you talked about opportunity, but to me, opportunity is a big buzzword, and it means something really different for men and women at that time. And so, when did it, it come to 
your way of thinking that this is something that could be very much a career for yourself. Yeah, I, I, honestly, Howard, I don't remember ever wanting to do, it, to do something else. I mean, you know, even today when people say, you know, well, you're going to work, and I was like, no, I'm driving to my passion because I love what I do. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I, I don't think I ever realized, I'm going to give credit to my parents and, and just my my close family uh, group, it's, it's, I never thought of that I couldn't do that. You know, I, I, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher of the game. I knew that mm-hmm. I, I loved the competitive spirit. I loved seeing uh, players be successful. And I just liked that family atmosphere that, that I would see in, in my teams, you know, in high school and college, and then watching my brother's teams, you know, in that same aspect. And so I, I will tell you, I, I just always knew that that's what I was going to do. And I, I joke about this now as inducted into my high school Hall of Fame and, and uh, my college Hall of Fame. And I remember telling them that if you would have told me years ago when I was walking the halls that I was going to be coaching in the WNBA at this point in my life, I would have told him, you're daggum right I am, <laughs> you know, because I've always had that mentality that, that I was going to go after what I wanted mm-hmm. and work extremely hard to do it. You've done it, though, in a different pathway than just about anybody. You have managed to do it coaching at the high school level, coaching NAIA. I mean, you know, the list goes on. And, and for listeners who are not familiar, uh, Latricia's won everywhere she's gone. Uh, she goes there and victories pile up, whether it's Midwest City High School or University of North Texas. She was at Oklahoma City University and went 32-3, and three, goes and wins a ton of games at Western Colorado. The list goes on, but it's different from the pathway that you see from just about anyone else on a WNBA bench. And so there's two things I'd like to explore out of that. And the first is, how do you trace it? How did this pathway happen for you specifically when you think back on it? Is there a through line for where you coached at all these different outposts over the years? Yeah, that, and I, I appreciate that. I, you know, I consider myself a manic grinder. I've always said that, you know, I've worked extremely hard and I think through this journey that I've, that I've been on, I wouldn't replace it for anything because it's gotten me where I am today. But I think that's what in, enticed uh, Coach Fisher when I received the phone call from him is that he appreciated the, the hard work that I put in to win at every level that I've been at. And it's interesting how I got to, you know, at first I was with the San Antonio Stars under the leadership of Ruth Riley and Vicki Johnson. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about relationships. And when I took a high school job in Denton, Texas, um, I was replaced by a coach uh, by name of Monisha Allen. And it's, it's been 20 something years and Vicki Johnson was the head coach of the Stars, and she called Monisha and said, hey, I'm, you know, got the head coaching job, looking for a, a great assistant, and um, you know, have anyone in mind. And now, mind you, I hadn't talked to her in years, and the only name that she gave her was mine. Hmm. And Vicki respected her so much that uh, they found me, reached out to me, and would, and I was coaching in Atlanta during the time, and. And so I had, you know, several conversations with Vicki and Ruth, and 
they accept, I, they offered me the job and I accepted and and here I am and so it's it's that's really my journey into the WNBA and then I actually took a when they sold the team to Las Vegas um, I I took time off uh, to be a caregiver for my mother that mm-hmm. uh, actually I lost you know both my parents about a year and a half ago I'm sorry. And so I I'm just so blessed to thank you and I'm so blessed and honored that I was there you know for that time and uh, to be with her until the end and so um, two weeks prior to um, laying to rest both my parents I was in uh, Derek Fisher called me and I just knew that's probably a godsend you know and mm-hmm. and uh, so I accepted the job and and been here with a great organization I respect and 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 love coach Fisher and for giving me this opportunity and I'm with an incredible team and so life is good (laughs) (laughs) it's it's interesting and it's notable that and speaks to I think the work you've done that the people you've worked with keep returning in your life and so I, I look at even something like your work as an assistant with the Utah Stars. You were with Fred Williams, who's now again with you on staff, although remotely, uh, with the Sparks (laughs) this particular year. So these things keep coming back. You were on staff, of course, with the Charlotte Sting. Right. It's it's amazing the way the world is so small in so many ways, even as large as it is. And with the Sting, of course, you were uh, on staff with people like Ann Donovan and, and Cheryl Reeve, assistant at that time, and coaching Dawn Staley. And so, you know, these worlds, they, they keep coming back together. You get that call yeah, from really- L.A., you know, it's the right time, but is it also, you're thinking about the opportunity, specifically with this sports team, where there are so many players who are ready to win now. And I just wonder how much that plays a role in your thinking about it as well. It's, it's a different sort of thing from teaching high school players to play. It's a different thing from teaching college players to play. It's sort of the other end of the spectrum, right? It is. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I get the, the question all the time when I'm talking to different groups and organizations, and they'll ask me what's the difference between coaching high school, college, and professional and I, you know, I always say, well, basketball, basketball, but obviously now I'm coaching the best players in the world. And that, again, you're still teaching, though, and you're still enhancing their skill set, and you're still building those relationships, and you're trying to put them in situations to be successful. And then you're still trying to talk about, you know, life after basketball. And so all those things that, that um, you know, that we've done at every level, at least I have done at every level, uh, we're still doing that. And, of course, we are wanting to win, and that's the only reason why we're here, you know, <laughs> to help these individuals, you know, become better people and, and try to reach some of their goals that they have. But the ultimate goal is to win a championship, and we just try to surround ourselves with, you know, successful people that have that mentality. And I think that if you do that, you, you know, you at least have a chance. At least that's what I have found in my, in my 26 years of coaching. So what is the division of labor like? Uh, you know, obviously this is a season unlike any other in virtually every way you can imagine, whether it's being in the wobble, whether it's the fact that you have Fred remote at the same time as you're trying to incorporate. So what, what is the division of labor like? How do you even go about figuring that out between you and Derek and Fred? 
Yeah, that's great. Um, right now, um, obviously, Coach Fisher and myself are doing all the on-court <laughs> preparation and, um, of course, the, the game aspect of it as well. Uh, Coach Fred is helping us along with Sam and Rachel, two of our, our video coordinator and our intern, mm-hmm. and they are putting our, our scouts together uh, for us. Uh, we're obviously doing some of that live here, uh, but he is um, sending us our scouts for our players, and obviously we're, we're still in communication with him. He's watching the games from home and giving feedback as well. And um, so, I mean, we're still all working together very hard to move this uh, team forward in a positive way and, and to continue to, you know, be there in the end. You know, that's, our again, our ultimate goal. But it, it, it's a unique situation. Obviously, I think the, the WNBA, I think the, um, you know, the, the National Women's National Players Association has done really a, a great job under the circumstances creating a safe you know positive environment for our athletes our staff um the protocols that they have created you know after a few bumps at the beginning uh, are really working and um, we just got to make sure that we're staying healthy that we're keeping our players safe and just providing that positive environment and i think our staff is in our organization is doing an incredible job saw uh, on social media that you were making use of the ice bath. I'm wondering if that is <laughs> a common occurrence. Is that a critical part of coaching or, uh, you know, how, how that Howard, ended up I'm working? I'm telling you, it's hot here. That's almost like a, a swimming pool. <laughs> 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 I know I, I, I joked about that when I, when I posted that picture. I said the, the wobble is real here. <laughs> no, it, you know, it, it's amazing when you're, when you, you know, look, you know, out and you're seeing different teams. I mean, they're all riding bikes. I mean, even though it's, it's a terrible situation we're in with the pandemic and, you know, prayers to, you know, our country, but, you know, just being here all together, I mean, you're kind of building that um, sense of respect with other teams and, you know, just a, it's just closer. You know what I mean? You're getting mm-hmm. to see people that you normally wouldn't. You know, our, our players are, are doing a lot of team bonding and they're having dinners together. You know, they're hanging out. Um, so cause that's what there is to do here, you know, when you're outside of basketball. Sure. And so actually there, there's a lot of positives that, that has gone along with this. And so it, it, that part aspect of it, I have, I have really enjoyed. Let me ask you a little bit about that world and that pipeline. And, and I mean specifically this way. And I, I can maybe say something that you can't say, which is that I look okay. at your resume and I look at the success you've had everywhere, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that you wouldn't have gotten multiple opportunities to be a head coach in the WNBA for a long time. And the, I appreciate that. The, but the level of success required for a woman to get those jobs in WNBA history has historically been significantly higher than that for men. And uh, the numbers bear this out uh, year after year. Do you see that changing? Do you see more opportunities happening, whether it's high D1 at the college level, whether it's at the WNBA level? And is that still at some point on your to-do list of where you'd like to go? This is clearly work you would sell at. This is clearly an area, an arena where you are well-respected. I'm just wondering what you think large-scale 
that picture is like and how you'd like to fit into that overall? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I obviously still have professional goals, and I, and one of my goals is I, I would love to be a head coach in the WNBA, mm-hmm. and but I think that that comes, you know, with time. Meaning, uh, when that opportunity presents itself and it's a good fit, um, then yes, I, I would be honored to do that. Uh, but right now, working with Coach Fisher, working with this group of women empowering inspiring women uh, that i have the opportunity to help assist as is obviously where i need to be now Mm -hmm. and i i i love where i'm at but if that opportunity presented itself then yeah that's that's something that i would that i would love to do when you think back are there times that you've seen and we don't need to get into specifics of who but have you seen long ago let's say people getting opportunities where you say geez look at my resume you know i i i feel like i should have been in the mix for that is that is is that an experience you've had it's it's something you know i remember talking to Cheryl reeve about this about how she had to prove herself and prove herself and prove herself before she got that first call and that for that first set of opportunities and i'm wondering if that's an experience you've had as well no, you know, I think all of us kind of look at different situations and think, man, that's something that I really would like to have had, or, man, I wish they, you know, I would have received a phone call. And But I, I think timing is, is the big thing. And, you know, I, I just, when, when I firmly believe when God knows that it's the right time for me, it's the right situation, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may have been the wrong fit, it could have been the wrong timing, but I, I know that when, when it is right, it's going to happen. And I, I don't want to look at someone else and say, you know, obviously they, they received that job for a reason. It was, it was a better fit or that someone that um, they've been talking to prior, you know, or observing over the years. And so I, I can't look at them and say, well, I, I should be better than that. I mean, or I would do better than that mm-hmm. uh, because I think things happen for a reason. And so there's some incredible coaches in this league. For sure. And I'm just trying to – to be that sponge and and you know take notes and and you know there's things that I would do there's that I'm going to take with me there's things that I wouldn't do that I'm going to take with me and that's just part of the you know the growth process and so I'm excited for the future I'm excited about this league and I'm excited about uh, what we're doing currently with the organization and our team and and I, I'm I'm just looking forward to, <laughs> hey, I'm, Howard, I'm looking yeah. forward to winning the championship. Well, that's the thing. And, and those two go hand in hand. I, I mean, let's not forget Marianne Stanley as an assistant on a championship team and then uh, head coaching right. offer that followed. But it, it does seem to me, and the, and the reason I bring it up is having this opportunity for everyone to be together is almost like a lead-wide ability to network. And so that strikes me as important and significant in terms of people understanding, seeing, recognizing the work that's being done by you and by so many around this league every day. So it seems to me that is a potential ancillary benefit of what, like you said, is a situation no one would ask for, but is a positive as well. But let's talk about the sparks And, 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 and your work specifically there. So it's a long way, like we said, from high school, college coaching 
to go game plan against somebody <laughs> with the size and strength of Tierra McCowan the way you guys did last night, for instance. Last night, right, right. As a as a coach, how much pleasure do you get, not just from being able to coach a Candace Parker, a Neko Gwumake, a Chelsea Gray, but being able to design things to try and slow down the very best this league has to offer? Yeah, I, I love scouting. I do. I, I love game planning and I love strategy. And uh, not as much as I love practice because I'm pretty nasty players. I, I get pretty fired up, pretty <laughs> passionate about what we're doing. And I, I that's one of the biggest things, the differences uh, that I thought coming from college to the WNBA is one, the physicality, but just the prep work and the scouting because not only do you have the best players in the world, you're going against them. And so it was, it, I will give, you know, Ruth Riley credit, uh, Vicki Johnson credit for that. Uh, because I, I really had to dig deep in, in, in that coming from the college level. But it, it's fun. I mean, when you, but it's, what, what makes it fun is when you have players that can do the things that you're wanting them to do, <laughs> it, that, that's even better. <laughs> so it, makes my, it makes our jobs a lot easier. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, then, then seeing that, that work work, you know, and seeing the players be successful and, and uh, buy in, uh, that's really exciting as well. Who's been the most surprising to you? There's obviously the expected uh, Candace much. Parker, yeah. the expected Neko Gwumake. Who's been the most surprising to you on the Sparks roster this year? Howard, first, I'm going to say, when I, I sat there, I had the best seat in the house, I'm going to tell you. And I'm, I'm going to tell you kind of a funny story. When I was in San Antonio, uh, my mom and dad would call me after every game, you know, because they're giving me their advice and their opinion. Sure. We need to make free throws or whatever the case may be. But my mother would always say, yeah, you guys did great. Yeah, you're, do you're doing better. But have you seen that Sparks team play? That's the team to beat. <laughs> and this is back when I was in San Antonio, and here I am, you know, with the Sparks organization. But I, I remember sitting there in my first season last year, on the bench and thinking, oh my gosh, I am sitting here coaching Candace Parker, neck, you know, naked Chelsea, and I just remember my, you know, my mother talking about them uh, so much. And so I, talking about the small, how it comes back around, yeah. I think that's pretty incredible. I agree. But I, I, one one of the things that I I think that's probably been the I, I love Simone. I think her and and, and Brittany Sykes and you know uh, Cooper. And some of those newcomers that that we have, and you probably saw Gulich last night mm -hmm. do an incredible job with her first outing. So I, I'm going to probably say those have been. Uh, I, it's not surprising because they're, they're great players, but I am really excited about these new additions that we have uh, to go along with Candace and and Neca and, and Chelsea. I mean, it's it's been um, it's been a great you know great for our team and. and some pieces that we were missing, I believe, last season, and so it, they're a lot of fun. Lot I, of I need need to learn how to age like Simone Augustus because that is just it, it's uh, going backwards. Howard. But she is a funny. Uh, people probably don't know this because she seems quiet, and if you just see her walking, she is so funny. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I I I I love her. She she has fit in with this group so well, and she's still getting it done. You know, I mean, she's they they joke with her all the time, but she just finds a way. I mean, she's a competitor. You know, she wants to be good, and she gives great advice to our players, and especially someone that's been with another organization 
looking into, you know, our team. I mean, she's given great insight, and, and she's been a mentor for a lot of these younger players. So we're really excited about her. And to have Simone with a Brittany Sykes, who obviously, yeah. in a lot of ways, you're ultimately looking for her development to be in a Simone direction, you know, without putting the pressure on her of saying, oh, this is who we need her to be. Right. But Sykes' energy, I would think, it has to affect the team from that perspective as well. I don't know whether you have more energy or Brittany Sykes has more energy. I've certainly heard of both. Maybe you could settle that for us. Hey, that's probably why we get along so well. I mean, we have all these handshakes and chest bumps pre-game <laughs> rituals that we're doing now. But that's, that's why I love her. I mean, I, I'm... You know, it's so funny, as a player, I was so offensive-minded, and as a coach, I'm so defensive-minded, you know, in many ways, and, and I know that she, she loves that in, and she brings that energy that we need, and, you know, her and I, we set goals uh, before going into the game, and some of the things that she would, wants to uh, to uh, accomplish on the defensive end, and so I'm going to tell you, she she's a blast. I, I love this team, especially yeah. under this unique situation that we're in. I mean, just their positivity and, and just, you know, they're just great to be around. It feels like... Making it easier for all of this. And, and it feels like this is a very wide open year. I know Seattle comes it with is. a lot of players from 2018 and bring them back. But, you know, between the questions of who will be healthy come playoff time and just what you bring, does it just feel to you like you guys have as good or a better chance of winning this as anybody? I do. I, I really do. And, you know, you got to remember, we're, we're one, I think, of only a few teams or the only team maybe that has had all 12 players practicing. Mm-hmm. And, our, and, and Coach Fisher's goal is to get into September with a full roster, you know, heading into those playoffs. And, of course, we would love to be undefeated right now. But we know our first, you know, priority is the health and safety and then just rest and working these players back into shape. But last year we started four and seven, and we finished the season eighteen and five. And so I think with these new pieces and um, and how great Candace Parker is playing right now, and and Neca and you know in Chelsea, I, I think we have, I think yeah, we should be there in the end. And are you doing that with minutes restrictions? Are you how are you determining where the rest comes in? Because that's obviously a complicated thing, and even differs person to person, right? When you're trying to evaluate that. Yeah, it is, and, and that's, you know, working with as many vets as we are, I mean, they know their bodies better than anyone, and they're very good communicating uh, with Coach Fisher and our, and our training staff if, if they need to be pulled a little bit, if they need to be set out of certain drills, and, you know, last night, I don't know if you saw the box score, but, you know, everyone played really significant minutes, yes. and, you know, from everyone played. And, and but so no one played too it, many is the other part of that. No, that's the flip side of it. That's what's great about it. Yeah. And I think that's what those those newcomers have really helped. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the most minutes that was played was by Sydney Weiss with 27. That's right. You know, that, that we started last night. And, and so that that right there and alone it was, was great. You know what I mean? And Coach Fisher coming from being an incredible player, you know, he's a player's coach. And so – he listens. He doesn't push him too hard because he understands that process. And so I, I it's a, definitely a win-win situation. And, so it, and was, it was fun last night. It, and, and to that end, last night was not the exception to the rule. I, I remember asking Coach Fisher prior to the season about – 
minutes restrictions. And he talked about, you know, he had done that right. for others last last year. Chelsea Gray, he wanted to he do more of that. And your expanded backcourt means nobody is averaging as much as, as many as 28 minutes per game. You've got Chelsea at 27-6 leading the group. So it's interesting to me that that's coming through communication uh, because the yeah. net result is on display for everyone to see. And I, I think we're seeing the results of that. I wonder if you if you think the legs are a little less tired five games in than what you're seeing from opponents. I do believe that. And I, I think that you, you can see that at times. You know what I mean? And so I'm going to go back to just the, the uh, philosophy that we have right now. Because you got to remember, a lot of these players have, hadn't played in several months you know, prior to the two-week short training camp just because of quarantine mm-hmm. and things like that. And so we're, we're gradually getting them, like I said, back into shape, and they're looking better and better each day. I mean, I'm, i got a front-row seat to it, you know, even in our practices. And so I think that um, shared minutes, uh, that's something that's really important that we're focusing on right now. And I, I think the players have communicated that that's something that uh, they're excited about and we just got to get make sure that everyone's here and ready to go and and peaking at the right time and when those playoffs start well it's been really interesting to watch from afar and and this inside take is something i i appreciate and i know our listeners appreciate as well i would like to go macro with you if i could for the last question and when you think back on what you've done in coaching so far I just wonder if there's something that stands out to you, a moment or a team where you just say, this felt like the moment I felt like I had arrived as a coach. And you've had success at every level. So I, I would imagine right. that's a very hard thing to be able to determine. But what is it when you close your eyes and think of coaching? What is that moment that you just say, you know, this one, this is the one I'm going to be thinking about forever? Oh, Howard, you asked some really good questions. That, that's taking me down. I may get emotional on this sure. one. Um, let me think. I, I'm going to go with when I was at, well, one, graduated everyone, so that's always a, a big plus. Sure. But when I was at Oklahoma City, City University as a head coach, I remember going into my second season, and uh, we won a national championship. And it was, you know, we had to win five games in seven days. And just seeing the grind and the, the, the work that each one put in, I, it was almost like a blur when that final buzzer went off and then just seeing those players just embrace one another. And I know the journeys that they had been on and, you know, on and off the court for that matter. Mm-hmm. And I remember going in, we had a lot of seniors that, that year. And, and then we came back the following year. And the grace of God, we made it with a predominantly a new team, went back to the national championship game. And I remember in the final moments, it was going back and forth. And I thought, are we going to win this again? And I thought this time, if, if it, it, when, I, when I knew that we were going to win it, we were up pretty good and, and it was, the game was almost over. I thought, I walked to the end of the bench and I wanted to really take in every moment when that buzzer went off um, to get that true feeling and to see those players and just relive, I guess, 
what they what they went through. You yeah. mean all the hard work and the dedication and the buy-in and the adversity and celebrating one you know one another's successes and and so I did. I, I walked to that end of the bench and when that final buzzer went off to win back-to-back you know national championships, I just stood there and just you know teared up and just literally watched those players just see some of their dreams come true and you know just kind of glance up in the stands and see our supportive fans that were there and and to see my parents and and just know that we were all in that together and it's something that I will never forget. I love that story. Well I I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Uh, Latricia Trammell all the best to you and hope you get to experience in that experience again some point soon but thank you so much for your time. Howard, I appreciate you. Thank you very, very much.